It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. An early childhood taxing district, what on earth is that? The latest in politics and world affairs. I don't think that we should be passing legislation that is so complicated that people kind of throw up their hands and say, oh, I can't understand it. Today's current opinions and ideas. It is not fair that just because you're a big business that you get a break on this and the little guy doesn't. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, you were made for this moment. And thank you to this team that I get to work with. That is producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, the Jen, Echo, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Wednesday to you, producer Steve. <laughs> I'm glad you told me that it was Wednesday because as you were leading up to that, I had a panic look at the uh, at the screen here because it tells me the date and the actual day of the week because I've lost track. <laughs> okay, well, I, I, hopefully I have it correct on the outline. I was uh, getting mixed up on my dates, but I think I'm good, yeah? Yeah, you're good. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, it is Wednesday. That means it's Wings Day at Hooters Restaurants. You buy 20, you get 10 for free. That's for to-go or to dine-in. The girls are coming over tonight, Producer Steve, so that's one of the things that I'll be getting oh, for boy. the girls. <laughs> Tear gas and noise, our, sirens, all the stuff that goes with that gathering at your house. Yeah, it's pretty fun. This is our patriotic gift exchange. You know, we normally get together and talk about issues and have speakers, but uh, twice a year we do something just fun. And with the, the political season that we're in, I think it's going to be good just to get together and have some fun. So anyway, uh, and also uh, Hooters Restaurants is a partner of mine. It's a real story about freedom and capitalism and free markets. And you can find that story on my website. And that website is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And on, while you're over there, sign up for our weekly newsletter. You'll get first look at our upcoming guests, as well as our most recent essays and podcasts. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. And please support all of my sponsors because it's because of them and because of you that we're on the air. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity. And we look at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And um, it's never compassionate to take other people's stuff. That's called stealing. Uh, but it's never compassionate to take their other people's stuff, their rights, their property, their freedom, their livelihood or opportunity via force, and that could be with a weapon. But now we see it with pos uh, policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation. The other words there would be fees and dues. But then fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, and then this uh, World Economic Forum, this Davos group, uh, the vision that they have for the world, and that is there is the haves, the have-nots, the elites, the minions, and uh, they're putting forth policies that are really assaulting the American middle class, the American dream. And of course, the American middle class, the American dream, that's why we see people that want to come to America. You don't see people lining up to get into Iran, to get into China, to get into North Korea, and there is a reason. Uh, but we've got to get our border um We've got to get it uh, secure uh, because people that want to come here for free stuff or to hurt us are pouring in across the border right now, and that will destroy our country. Yes, they are. Man, yeah. I'm just sitting here pondering everything you're saying, and it's true. I mean, you know, just show me the footage of people lining up trying to get into North Korea. I want to see it. Right. And I just wanted to very quickly, how much money have we given to Ukraine to uh, secure their border? 
uh, I think they were looking at another forty billion, correct? Um, yeah. It's uh, it's a so let's just why on earth would the Biden administration be sending billions and billions of dollars to U- Ukraine to secure their border, and we have. Uh, fencing down on the southern our southern border that they won't put up that is actually rusting uh, that the, it's right there and they won't do it so that is the the big question I don't think it's because of incompetence uh, I think that it's because it's their plan and uh, we need to be showing up for sure at this next election and be voting these people out that are not standing for the American dream and just because somebody has an R behind their name does not mean that that they um, totally adhere to protecting the rights of, of uh, everyday hardworking Americans. And we need to be working towards limited government. Remember that limited government. That's what the American idea is. And when the government is limited, the individual is big, Producer Steve. Well, here's a thought for you. I'm not, I, in no way do I support what Russia is doing in Ukraine. And, but I, after a while, you want to scratch your head when you say how much money we're pouring into that. Could that potentially be hush money? I don't know. And I hope that we'll find out. But just remember, Ukraine's been a big laundromat yeah. for uh, Democrats that have been laundering money that comes back to Democrats here in the United States. So could that be some of that as well? I well, don't yeah. know. Long before Joe got into office, uh, how many, much time was spent on trying to figure out what his son's connections were with Burisma exactly. and you know, being made a member of the board? What does he know about gas and oil? Well, obviously, nobody in that family knows anything about gas and oil, correct? <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Point well can't, made. I can't believe it. That's it's just unbelievable. So, okay, we've got a big show planned for you today, and uh, I'll just let it all be a surprise. Uh, but it is a big show, so you need to listen the whole two hours. Uh, of course, if you can't, uh, we're on live 6 to 8 a.m. They will rebroadcast this first hour, 1 to 2 in the afternoon, the second hour, 10 to 11 at night. And then we do have the podcasts and uh, summaries on my website. We try to get them up by the end of the day. Sometimes it's the next morning. But all you need to do with our essays or whatever is just click on the picture, and it'll bring all that information up. And as I mentioned the last couple of days, Zach has found a service that will actually uh, put all of our essays on audio. And so instead of sitting there and reading them, you can listen to them while you're driving or gardening or walking or or whatever. It's just uh, so cool. So I'm very excited about that. Our uh, quote for today is from Francis Bacon, first Viscount of St. Alban, also known as Lord Verulan. I thought I was going to say that correctly. V-E-R-U-L-A-M. He was an English philosopher and statesman who served as Attorney General and Lord Chancellor of England. His works are seen as contributing to the scientific method and remained influential through the later stages of the scientific revolution. He was born in 1561. He died in 1626. And I love this. He said, our humanity were a poor thing were it not for the divinity that stirs within us. That's pretty heavy for a Wednesday, uh, but I, I love that. One more time. Our humanity were a poor thing were it not for the divinity that stirs within us. What do you think, Steve? The divinity that stirs within us. Obviously, some have more than others. I mean, I'm, you, know, <laughs> you know me, uh, I'm pretty pessimi- pessimistic sometimes, and that's, that was my first thought. Oh, oh boy. Okay. <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty funny. 
Um, I I know during the political season, uh, one has to question uh, that. And uh, we're, we are recording, we're pre-recording all the shows for the week of the 4th of July. And uh, yesterday we pre-recorded with uh, Dr. Alan Gelzo, Princeton professor. He's an expert on Lincoln and an expert on the Civil War. So it's a great interview. But he was talking about, and this was um, kind of the foundation for the Gettysburg Address, but where Lincoln says, with malice towards none. And what an important way to live a life, to live a life without malice, even though the the country was in this terrible Civil War. And certainly in this political season, we can bring forward and differentiate between different candidates. As you know, here we search for truth. Uh, The essay that I did endorsing the top three offices, that would be Greg Lopez for uh, governor, uh, Ron Hanks for U.S. Senate, and Tina Peters for Secretary of State. I I really worked to bring forward why these people should be elected. I did differentiate just a little bit, but with no malice. And I just thought, what an you know, what an amazing way that uh, Lincoln lives his life. Well, I was thinking, again, uh, you, I, I guess I'm in politics mode. And I can't get out of it. After the last three and a half years of uh, of King Polis and seeing this one article that uh, Patty provided regarding mm-hmm. the way the media seems to be really giving, and not just the media here locally. I mean, you're talking about the Wall Street Journal and what was the other one, the publication? Um, the Reason. The Reason, Reason yes. Yeah. Painting him to be so centrist. And when you got that kind of help and the you know the media in your pocket, it's, it's just, it's galling. Yeah, it is. And uh, I think we'll go through that headline very quickly here. This is from Complete Colorado by Jake Fogelman. And it says, the Wall Street Journal says Jared Polis bucked the climate lobby. That's not just not the case. And he says, first came Reason Magazine, the libertarian journal of record, calling Polis the most libertarian governor in America earlier this year, despite bounds of evidence to the contrary. Now the Wall Street Journal editorial board has joined the fanfare. In a June 12 editorial entitled Jared Polis Bucks the Climate uh, Lobby, the journal's uh, editorial board praised our governor for his veto of House Bill 1218, a costly government mandate that would have placed firm electric vehicle charging station requirements on commercial and residential developers. The editorial correctly identifies how the bill's inflexible mandates would have made new housing development and commercial remodels more expensive up front. But it goes astray when it attributes the veto to Governor Polis, putting his constituents over the climate lobby. Those of us here on the ground know the story is far less virtuous. Our affordability governor was able to cast aside HB 1218 only after a far more onerous bill made its costly mandates redundant. House Bill 1362, which was signed by Governor Polis five days prior to his veto of House Bill 1218, contains similar impositions on residential and commercial developers. It did not receive the same media attention that his veto received, yet the bill goes much further than 1218 would have. It will usurp authority from local governments across Colorado by imposing a statewide minimum standard for residential and commercial building codes, much like the cost-raising mandates the journal's editorial board cites in California. It stands to bring the same green codes that nearly priced victims of the Marshall Fire out of rebuilding what was lost in the disaster to housing and building construction across the state. Never mind the fact that the local governments to Boulder were forced to waive those same codes after facing the wrath of justifiably displeased residents. I tell you, this in an election year, 
the way they're trying to paint Polis as a libertarian, he's anything but. If we go through just our memory bank on what happened during COVID, shutting down. I mean, do you remember? I remember going over to Safeway. And the outside picnic tables, their Safeway in our, near our neighborhood, the safe, the, the picnic tables had plastic wrap over them. I remember going down to the park and uh, there was yellow tape around the playground equipment. Uh, and that is uh, under a Jared Polis administration that was under uh, the bureau- bureaucracies that he is in charge of uh, appointing the people in charge of those. So let's, uh, let's not let this, um, this libertarian discussion continue on. We need to continue to remind voters out there that he uh, was really a tyrant. And uh, if he's reelected, uh, I don't think we're going to see libertarian uh, decisions, Producer Steve. Yeah, the worst is yet to come. Yes, the worst would be yet to come. So let's go to break. When we come back, uh, we'll be talking with Tina Peters. Uh, she is running for Colorado Secretary of State. And uh, we're, we're in the home stretch now. And my friends, all of you grassroots um, uh, folks out there, you need to vote. And again, I'm endorsing Greg Lopez for governor, Ron Hanks for U.S. Senate, Tina Peters for uh, Secretary of State. And the other offices, I just didn't have the bandwidth to really go through and research everyone. There's excellent grassroots candidates running across uh, Colorado. And if you have specific questions, you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com. But we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Tina Peters. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned Remax realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. Medical freedom, patient choice, and informed consent are all staples of comprehensive health care. You'll find exactly that at Roots Medical, located in the Denver Tech Center, offering specialties in hormones, thyroid, gut health, detox, and COVID recovery. Functional, comprehensive primary health care. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your health care concerns. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. Roots Medical is a proud member of Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Practice shooting in the same place you bought the firearm. Frankton Firearms makes your life easier with safety and tactical training. Firearm storage and firearm purchase all conveniently located in the same place. At Franktown, learning is accessible. The team recommends you practice developing confidence in handling your gun with a proprietary training course or one-on-one instruction located on-site. Make your life easier and store your firearms safely on-premises at the Franktown Firearms Armory. The team at Franktown pride themselves on developing long-term relationships with their clients who utilize their one-stop shop. First-time buyers looking for guidance frequently return because they're having fun. They see beginners turning into experts all the time. 
And you can, too, with resources and tools at your disposal. No matter what level you're at, get your firearms curiosity, needs, and desires met at Franktown Firearms. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown or the Franktown Firearms storefront location. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these uh, issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And... Um, you can uh, uh, email me at Kim at KimMunson.com, and thank you to all of you who support us. And we're scheduled to have Tina Peters on, and we may. Uh, I know that she's out at the airport, and sometimes that can get a little wonky. So uh, we'll see if she calls in here. But uh, uh, I'll go ahead and in, explain to her, explain to you why I am endorsing her. And I think first and foremost is... Um, she has really come under attack. As many of you know, she's under indictment. Indictment does not mean uh, that she's been convicted of anything. Uh, you can actually accuse uh, anybody of anything. Of course, a grand jury looks at it, and um, and the, the prosecutor brings forward the information, but the, uh, the the person that's being accused does not. They don't don't have any opportunity. That's that's not until. Um, uh, it would go to trial. And so she is under indictment, which um, I think that uh, I, I think the reason is, is because she knows where the bodies are buried on all of this election uh, in, um, manipulation. Steve, can I ask a question? Sure. Isn't it funny? Now, I, I, wait, let me. All right, let me. I, I got the cart before the horse again. You know, ever since this thing, this dust up blew up is is that Jenna Griswold the Secretary of State and the you know local Denver media you know they put forth a certain idea and that was that the elections were as pristine as clean as could mm-hmm. possibly be and that Tina Peters did something wrong they have never gone approached it from the other direction that quite possibly something was wrong and Tina was doing her job and in doing it, you know, like you said, now she knows where the bodies are buried. And I just find that fascinating is that a media uh, and well, forget Griswold. I know what her agenda is, but the media won't you know, look at it from a, a, a different point of view. Well, and what is so interesting is that there are Republican operatives that are also um, ignoring election manipulation. And in fact, they've been out there. Um, trashing Tina and, and very influential folks that many of us have trusted over all the years. And so this is really a, an interesting, uh, an interesting race. And she does, I guess that's the first thing I just want to say. She knows where the bodies are buried. She was doing her job, uh, when she did that, um, backup of the, uh, voting machines before the trusted build of, uh, Jenna Griswold before she came in. And her, uh, Jenna Griswold, Secretary of State, her, her staff, and then the employees of the Dominion voting machines. And, um, so I really would encourage people to go take a look at the Mesa County Voting Systems reports number one and two, uh, which the first one shows that 29,000 of those logs were, um, erased or overwritten. And then the second report shows that they're actually as, um, 
devices in there where that could be um, connected to the internet. And remember, Steve, we were assured that these voting machines could not be connected to the internet. And then Mesa County, uh, Mesa County Voting Systems Report Number Three. Uh, which uh, Dr. Walter Doherty is one of the co-authors, and we've had him on the show a couple of times, extremely credentialed. Uh, he was a pioneer in the computer science industry, or um, com- computer science uh, educational field. He taught for 32 years at Texas A&M. He received his master's and his doctorate from Harvard, so he knows what he's talking about. And this was the first time that uh, actually uh, anybody was able to look inside the machines, and there was funny stuff going on with that as well. So Tina Peters, the reason she's under attack is because she knows where the bodies are buried and she's under attack from both sides of the aisle. And that should be cause for concern for all of us. And um, we need to get her elected so that we can get these uh, elections cleaned up here in Colorado. And there's several ways to do that. First of all is we have got to clean up this whole mail-in ballot system. And um, her, the woman who is... um, one of her opponents actually uh, was one that really that testified. I found uh, that the um, where she testified um, in front of um, our legislature advocating for uh, mail-in ballots. And now here in Colorado, if you get a driver's license or a government service, you are automatically sent a ballot, and those are never cleaned up. So let's just think about it. All the kids that go to college that register to vote. What happens to those ballots? You know that college kids are not going to contact uh, their local clerk and recorder to say, hey, take me off. I I don't need that ballot anymore. So those ballots. What about apartment buildings? People have have registered there. They've moved on. What about all those ballots? What about nursing homes? Uh, And so that is one place. Another thing is is to no longer use the current uh, voting machines that have been basically mandated throughout Colorado by a Republican Secretary of State. So those are two things that I know that Tina's going to get things cleaned up on, Producer Steve. That's fascinating. I sit here and think about every different scenario you just went through in terms of the dangers of mail-in ballots. And did I hear somebody say the other day, you know, in in favor, not in favor of mail-in ballots, but saying, hey, we can do better. If you want a ballot mailed to you, you will request it that we can live with, but this right. this uh, f- paper, what am I trying to say? You know, wallpapering the entire state with mail-in ballots that are flying around like you know <laughs> litter on a windy day. That's that's just crazy. Right, and another thing that she would uh, is advocating for is to have uh, the ballots on um, secure paper, if you will, kind of like our our uh, our currency, our dollar bills. That's on special. Um, paper and so that it, it cannot be counterfeited. Right now, these ballots, you can just run them through a, a, um, a copier. And I mean, we're talking about who we are electing to represent us. And so those are three things that I think really need to be done. And going back to the mail-in ballots, um, I know that there are many that say, hey, we need to maybe have a national holiday. People can go and vote that day. I like that. Here in Colorado, I know that people have gotten to a point where they really do like their mail-in ballot. So to your point, let's let's stop that. And then if people want to have a mail-in ballot, they request it. Uh, because I know I talked to Karen Levine about it. She said, I really like having that ballot where I can sit down and think about it. And I, I like, I understand that. But instead of just everybody getting one, 
And think about the expense. That was one of the things regarding uh, Zuckerberg during the whole COVID thing. And again, her opponent sits on the board. Uh, the woman sits on the board of the Center for Tech and Civic Life. Uh, it says she's currently on uh, a temporary leave. But that is the organization that received most of the money from uh, Zuckerberg's. I think it was well over $300 million to uh, help in these local elections. It, they actually helped in the majority of some of these key areas where Biden won. So they were able to help in those elections. I have that in air quotes. Um, and well, think about elections have gotten so expensive here in Colorado, just with the uh, open primary, independents or unaffiliateds are receiving both a Democrat ballot and a Republican ballot. They can only vote one. But Steve, just think about the expense of that, of printing those and mailing those out. And so it doesn't take a rocket scientist that elections are expensive. So in instead of having private money come in to help with these elections. How about we do the smart thing? And that is we could, as you say, quit wallpapering Colorado with these ballots uh, flying all over the place. Well, I, I'm just thinking, you know, maybe I'm utopian type of thought in, in this particular subject. When we come to the election itself, we all come to a, uh, a standard level playing field, a plateau, whatever you want to call it. You know, is Zuckerberg an American citizen? Yeah. Okay, then then play by the rules. Don't use your influence and your technology to purposely corrupt and to influence. So again, I'm I'm a dreamer, I guess. Yeah. Well, and we have decided we still have a presence on Facebook. And one of the reasons is is so that um, we can get information out in front of uh, not just, you know, not just people that think like we do. Uh, and when I say that, meaning conservatives wanting to conserve this American idea that of, that's envisioned in the Declaration that all men are created equal with these rights from God of life, liberty and pursuit of happiness. But um, putting our essays out and uh Dr. Groteis, this one that he just recently did on the revolutionary truth about transgenderism, uh, Facebook will uh, not let us boost that. And that, that means we put a little bit of money behind that to get that out in front of others. And so they are censoring us. And I don't like that at all. But we're having some other challenges with them as well. And so we may have to rethink our social media strategy just a little bit because they are misbehaving because we are bringing truth uh, to um, to many folks out there. And uh, Zuckerberg uh, did a lot, a lot of censoring in that last election. The other thing that, and I think I'm going to ask Josh Phillip about this from the Epic Times, is not only did they put all this money into the election, but the Center for Tech and Civic Life is quote-unquote a nonprofit. So I bet he got a tax write-off for all that. And isn't it the, the left that says that the elites are not paying their fair share? But yet, I wonder if he got a tax write-off for all that. So we'll ask Josh Phillip about that, Steve. The marketplace of ideas, you talk about it frequently, and that here's a, 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 an entity like Facebook censoring. Uh, it's just, what have we become? Right. And so that is why we do this show. And uh, we're growing uh, 
exponentially uh, on uh, people listening, reading essays, and uh, I thank you for that. So let's go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Josh Phillip. He is a senior investigative reporter with the Epic Times, also the host of Crossroads. I think he is one of the most exciting journalists in America today, and I'm excited that we'll be talking with him when we come back. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. Uh, we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And uh, thrilled to have on the line with me Josh Phillip. He is a senior investigative reporter with the Epic Times. He's the host of Crossroads. And uh, I think he's he's one of the most important journalists, I think, in America today. So, Josh Phillip, welcome to the show. Hey, always a pleasure, Kim. Great to have you here. And, uh, my gosh, you are just knocking it out of the park with Crossroads as I'm looking at all of the different subjects. That is growing like you know, leaps and bounds, isn't it? Uh, it's it's been incredible, faster than I anticipated, and uh, yes, it's wonderful. Yeah. Well, I there's several different headlines here that I wanted to ask you about. The first one, and if I think you might have heard, I was talking about the um, Secretary of State race out here in Colorado, and the uh, one of the uh, Republican candidates actually sits on the board of the Center for Tech and Civic Life. It's like you can't make this stuff up. Uh, and she's the secretary on the board of directors. And the Center for Tech and Civic Life is the nonprofit that got the lion's share of the money that uh, Mark Zuckerberg and his wife put into these elections. And uh, you just recently had David Horwitz on to talk about this. And you said Zuckerberg's tax exempt grants to 2020 election politically benefited Democrats. And I hadn't really thought about it until just recently. Not only did it affect elections, but he got a tax write-off for it, right? So Mark Zuckerberg violated IRS laws like like, like there was no tomorrow, like, like there was no coming back from it. And the IRS totally just did nothing about it. Um, you know, David Horowitz really, I mean, David Horowitz did a really in-depth piece on this, which, I mean, was really good. 
Uh, we went over some of that on the show, and he made the point that yeah, Mark Zuckerberg, like at the at the very least, should have been like massively fined, if not criminally charged, for what he did. Um, but but again, that's the problem of a politicized a politicized you know legal system, honestly, where people can get away with frankly rigging an election or playing a big part in rigging an election and just get away scot free. Uh, yeah, and, and again, yeah, as you mentioned, he did. He used a nonprofit organization to make biased political donations on a level I don't think we've ever seen like, in history in America. Um, which did, which not not only actually, uh, you know, poured money into Democrat uh, voting areas and you know gave gave them a lot of campaign money, essentially under the guise of buying face masks and things like that, under the guise of the virus, which very little was actually used for the virus. Um, but they also actually made different standards that different areas had to sign on to uh, for what they called election integrity. And so if you saw the documentary 2000 Mules, uh, where Dinesh D'Souza exposes these, you know, univer- the problems of universal mail-in ballots and drop boxes where people were getting paid to go and stuff fake ballots, a lot of that comes down to Mark Zuckerberg's organization, which had requirements for people if they wanted to get the money where they would have to create, uh, you know, different policies that would allow that type of behavior. It is remarkable. And um, the election was so close when you really, and so it was these areas that really put Biden over the, quote unquote, the finish line, correct? Well, let's put it this way. I, I, I think they had to use, so, you know, I guess you could say all the king's horses and all the king's men. To make to make Joe Biden win the election, because remember that even with all the fraud that was exposed, even with universal mail and ballots, even with legal ballot stuffing, even with everything else, they still had to freeze the elections on election night. Remember, they had in Georgia where they said uh, they had flooding and stuff or something that turns out right. the toilet overflowed. And even then, even though that turned to be nonsense. And then they had to freeze the election in Georgia and then a bunch of other key swing states also froze the election. And then you're watching these two trajectories where it's like kind of a perfect arch. You know, Trump is on top, Biden's below. And after they freeze the election, you have a vertical spike, like literally vertical Mm -hmm. spike of Biden votes come in. And then it goes back to the normal trajectory again. (laughs) You know what I mean? So they, they had to like pump in enough votes to make Biden higher than Trump. And then things went normal again, the same normal trajectory. Like that, that alone should have been enough to delegitimize, frankly, the election, which which notably, actually, I don't know if you saw in uh, Texas, the Texas GOP actually just passed a resolution declaring that Biden was not legitimately elected. I saw that. <clears throat> how, how do you think this is going to play out, Josh? Uh, because it has taken time to start to connect all the dots on this. Uh, what, what do you think else is going to happen? Well, I think we're facing two issues. One is that I think a lot of Americans want to see justice, but they're also kind of facing the harsh reality that, frankly, our political system is, you know, compromised. Let's just be honest with ourselves. Uh, the Supreme Court already refused to look into election fraud, essentially. Remember, even when Trump was bringing lawsuits on, the Supreme Court wouldn't even look at them. They just tossed them out. And so, you know, in any hope of getting justice before maybe Trump returns to office come 2024 or whenever, or, you know, whatever happens in the future. Um, 
there's really no chance, I think, of having this prosecuted. Now, a lot of Americans are worried about what's going to happen come the midterms and come 2024. Will we see the same type of shenanigans? I think there's two things to remember. One is that, remember Biden, when he said the quiet part out loud, and he, he announced on video that they had the largest election fraud you know, movement ever assembled? Even that was barely enough to win for them. I mean, they actually used that clip at the beginning of 2000 Mules, which I found funny. But even that wasn't enough to win. They, they still had to freeze the election on election night and then just pump in huge amounts of fake votes, which made that huge, literally vertical spike before they had to return things to normal and the trajectory continued as normal. So even, even with the largest election fraud organization ever assembled, they still barely won and still had to do something really, like, frankly, obviously fake on election night in order to make Biden win. Uh, the other side of it, too, is I think Democrats are freaking out right now because they're losing the Spanish Spanish vote, uh, you know, the Latino vote. Um, in fact, the, the polling, even from far-left organizations, is showing that Latinos are leaning towards Trump over, over Biden by a huge margin, uh, which is why I think you have George Soros pouring money in trying to buy up Spanish-language media in Florida right now, and why the Disinformation Governance Board, remember Gina, Nina Jankowitz and... Uh, you know, they called it the Ministry of Truth. Its yeah. publicly stated purpose was to target disinformation in Spanish language, or Spanish-speaking communities. So I, I think I think not only are they, frankly, not able to really mobilize what they did last time, especially not come the midterms, and especially because they don't have the emergency powers in a lot of areas to do what they did last time, and especially because, frankly. Um, the state legislatures, which are in charge of the election, are not going to just hand things over like they did last time as well. Uh, not only are they facing that, but I think they're facing the fact that they have even less support this time around than they did last time. Um, I, I, I'm generally hopeful, but cautiously hopeful. Okay. Well, yes, this is a very important election. So let's go to the next subject, um, and that is that you said the oil crisis reaches a tipping point as the Biden administration refuses to restart production and the recession goes global. So I, we are, we are in a recession uh, now. I know that they're telegraphing that we might be going into a recession, but we're here, and and it is all because of government policy. Uh, because Biden, when he came in, uh, first thing he did is shut down the Keystone XL pipeline and uh, made us dependent on our enemies for energy. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out this is going to be a problem. Uh, what's your thoughts on that, Josh Phillip? Well, it's, it's bad and it's going to get worse. You know, the Federal Reserve has raised interest rates by point, uh, 75 points, which is 0.75 percent. They're saying within the next six months they're expecting them to raise that I think 3.5%. So the interest rates and the recession that's going to be caused right now that's already affecting housing prices, that's already affecting you know, prices of goods, um, it's going to be about four times worse in about four months or in about six months. Uh, the other side of it, too, is that central banks around the world are kind of following suit. So European centralized banks are doing the same, the same thing, same interest rate hikes. Um, Latin America is having huge problems with this. It's true that Biden really, I mean, and on that note, too, um, keep in mind that we're going to see and we're going to see an interesting phenomenon where a lot of the media is saying, oh, no, there's going to be a bull market. You know, don't 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 sell your house yet. <laughs> you know, don't don't 
don't don't take any risks yet. Keep buying because here's what's going to happen. It's going to look like things are going to jump back for a little bit because that's how this this is how recessions like this would normally work. It's going to look like the market jump back because a lot of companies have to liquidate their inventory. And so they're going to have fire sales. You're, you're going to watch sales and price cuts of goods like you wouldn't believe because they need to liquidate their inventory. Then they're going to buy back fewer, like less inventory uh, for the, you know, maybe next couple of years or something like that. And so as they liquidate inventory, you're going to watch stocks go up and everything like that. And then it's going to crash. Um, so, you know, this, this small interim is going to be deceptive for a lot of people who don't know what to watch for. Um, that being said, as you mentioned, yeah, Biden canceled the Keystone Pipeline. He canceled a lot of, uh, uh, you know, basically things that were allowing American production of oil and then made us dependent on Russia and so on. And then the unforeseen circumstance that I think Biden faces is that Russia has started a war with Ukraine and suddenly it's hard to get Russian oil and Russian gas. Um, under the Obama administration, when Hillary Clinton was secretary of state, they were they were made aware of in security briefs that Russia was planning to use energy as a form of uh, international control. They wanted to use it almost like an unconventional weapon to you know, subjugate Europe and other countries. And not only did they allow that to happen, but they ended up selling them also our nuclear sovereignty. That was the Uranium One crisis that Hillary Clinton like helped approve. So, yeah, so basically what happened was, in addition to that, then the Biden administration, you know, they're going on of course, trying to make it sound like Russia's. It's all their fault, as you mentioned. They're printing tons of money. They canceled these deals. There was an interesting press conference just recently, I think last week, I believe, where a Fox News journalist asked the White House press secretary, uh, you know, so is Biden, are you, are you going to uh, renew local uh, oil production? Are you, are you planning on renewing local energy production? And they're like, no, no, we don't need that. What we need is for companies to make more of, make, you know, continue refining more of what's already there. Look, the problem with that is that they have not built a new oil refinery since I believe like the 1980s, I want to say, 1970s yeah. or 1980s. And not, not only have they not built a new refinery, meaning their, their ability to even refine is extremely limited, they've actually closed refineries since then. And so there's no way they can refine more. It's like, that argument's impossible. Then the Exxon and um, I can't remember the other one, a couple couple of these gas companies actually shot back at Biden. They said, well, didn't you essentially, didn't you promise during your campaign that you were going to get rid of uh, fossil fuels? Aren't you just living up to your campaign promises? And sure enough, if you listen, if you read between the lines of what Biden himself is saying, he says the gas prices and so on are part of the, I think his words were, an incredible transition in his exact words, incredible transition. And they keep saying transition, transition. And what they keep suggesting that transition is towards is, uh, you know, green energy and this stuff. So it, it does appear they're doing it intentionally. It does appear that they are doing this intentionally. Um, before we go to break, um, this is all very daunting. So I'm just thinking about everyday Americans. I'm thinking about young families. Uh, and you're saying it's going to get four times worse. Where's the silver lining in all of this, Josh Phillip? Well, it's going to get four times worse in the next six months. Uh, the silver lining is, is that the worse it gets, the more people wake up. I, th- I think, frankly, a lot of people are going to sleep at the wheel. And, I mean, honestly, I think they're lo- the, the left, the far left, are losing people. They're going to keep losing people. And I think the worse it gets, the more people are going to wake up. There's some people who need a pretty 
pretty big whack over the head with a stick to wake up. And I think it is going to be painful, but maybe in the long run, this is what, frankly, half the country might need. Okay, because we have taken for granted, I had uh, Bob Boswell on yesterday, who's one of our sponsors. He's the uh, chairman, CEO of uh, Laramie, Laramie Energy, and he said just what you said is that we have not built a refinery in years and years and years. And we can fix this, but we need leadership to do that. So we're going to go to break. I'm talking with Josh Phillips, senior investigative reporter with the Epic Times, host of Crossroads. And when we come back, there's something new out there. It's called SADS. It's Sudden Adult Death Syndrome. And it is sad. And so I want to ask him about that. We'll be right back. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Check out our website. That's KimMunson.com. Uh, sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com. And thank you to all of you who support us. And was just listening to that spot for Three Points Financial as uh, we've been talking with Josh Phillip about um, it's going to be rough here probably the next six months for sure. And uh, Three Points Financial would be a great place for you to talk with them about uh, what to do um, with your your financial planning for sure. And they're a fee-only uh, firm and... Um, I would highly recommend that you reach out to Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz on that. Okay, uh, Josh Phillip, senior investigative reporter with the Epic Times, host of Crossroads. Uh, you recently had um, the subject of sudden adult death syndrome, and I'd not heard of that. But uh, it's your uh, title is Sudden Adult Death Syndrome, Mad Cow Disease, and Bizarre Blood Clots Raise Questions About Vaccines. So tell us about that, uh, Josh. Well, there's this, there's this new phenomenon people are seeing where there's an uptick in what they call sudden adult death syndrome. Um, and they don't really know what the cause is. If you, if you read the scientific you know, documents on it, they, they list all these different possible symptoms and causes and so on. And if you read through them, well, it looks like a lot of these things are, well, things you find with the vaccines and vaccine side effects. Now, if you read the fact checker websites, they say yeah, it's false. You, you had articles, especially in Australia, talking about this huge uptick in sudden adult death syndrome, and uh, articles in the UK and Europe, the huge uptick they're seeing in it, and they can't they can't figure out why. It's mostly people under 40 years old who go to bed and die in their sleep, or just collapse on the street while they're walking. Healthy people just dying very suddenly. Um, if you read some of the articles trying to debunk it, they don't. Of course, they acknowledge that sudden adult death syndrome exists, but they, they try to say that there's been no uptick since the vaccines have come about. 
But if you read the, between the lines of that, you'll find that they're basing it off one organization, one scientific organization that, you know, who knows how much they've even looked into this, frankly. Um, you know, th- this is one thing we've seen, for example, that Nature Magazine and Fauci himself, these organizations have ties to China, ties to other organizations, donations they're not disclosing. And frankly, they've retracted, you know, real scientific findings because they're just politically inconvenient. They've become politicized. And so you, you can't really trust them. And so what I set out to do in the, the episode you mentioned, my last episode, is um, I set out to really try to figure out, well, has there been an uptick in what we could consider to be sudden adult death syndrome? I found yes, absolutely. Uh, and I looked at the four different main issues we're seeing. One would be um, prion disease, you know, mad cow disease being a, being a variant of that, one of the most common variants. Uh, one of the most deadly diseases known to man, which is, again, you know, brain prions, an issue with them, and it kills you almost instantly. Um, th- this is one issue, actually. I was reading, there were some scientific reports on this that really were pretty deeply concerning, frankly, because as they mentioned, the original outbreak of COVID-19, the spike protein from the original outbreak, the one in Wuhan, I did have a prion element to it. And so that spike protein was causing what appeared to be like a prion disease. Now, the later variants of COVID-19 did not have that. Like the Omicron variant did not have that part in the spike protein. The problem is that part of the spike protein that causes, they believe, prion disease is still contained in the vaccines because they built the vaccines using the original, again, spike protein in the original form of the virus. Now, there were two reports on this. One was a French report, and I can't remember what the other were. There was another scientific report. So, you know, I mean, this is not just rumor. These are verified scientific reports. You can find them online. They're just not being reported widely, talking about this fact that, again, the original COVID variant that did have that issue has been incorporated into the vaccines. And, yeah, you're probably having prion disease which is one of the forms of, you know, sudden death. I mean, people just die very suddenly from it. And it's always fatal, that one. The other issue you have is, um, again, myocarditis, which is like heart inflammation and, and, and also inflammation of the, uh, you know, the kind of the lining of the heart. These are two issues you're having, right? And I, I was looking into, well, is, you know, is there an issue with myocarditis? And yes, there absolutely is. In fact, if you read the documents and most of the vaccines, they know that they cause heart inflammation. The media, a lot of the mainstream media, have tried writing that off by claiming that heart inflammation, myocarditis, is not really as fatal as people make it sound. The problem is the studies they've done on this. So in Israel, they did studies, and they found that some of these vaccines, um, you know, they have one in five of, of men, one out of every 5,000 men is getting myocarditis from the vaccines, just one of the vaccines, in fact. Um, In the U.S., they tried replicating those studies. They said, no, it's not that bad. But the problem with the U.S. study was the way they did their study is they limited limited the measurement within seven days. And the problem with myocarditis is, you know, again, they're finding the spike protein might stick around for like two to four months. And so if they're limiting it to seven days and saying, oh, well, it's not that bad, it's frankly because they're they're messing with they're they're messing with the way the data is being formed to try to make it look like it's not as big of an issue. 
And then they take that as well. I mean, think one in 5,000 men and multiply that by how many people got the vaccines when they mandated across the whole country. You have, what, 7 billion people? What's one out of, what's one out of 5,000 of 7 billion, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you're going to have some real issues. And then if you read the other reports, they're saying myocarditis is not that serious. The NIH itself had reports on this. And you're looking at, I mean, if you, I think you break down the numbers over the core. So the problem is a lot of people don't die of myocarditis until maybe four to ten years uh, later. It, it might take four to ten years to kill you. But the death rate is very high um, of some of the lighter variants, some of the more serious variants, like 50 percent within the first maybe year. The lighter variants, maybe 20 percent over the course of 10 years. And I mean, that's pretty dang serious. <laughs> you know, in my book, that's pretty dang serious. Mm-hmm. If, if you take the full percentage of all of them, I think you're looking at like 80 percent, which, which is over the course of 10 years. And the different types that could, that could kill you. I mean, that's massive. That's like that's like genocide levels, in my opinion. Um, now, and then you also have the issue of blood clots. Remember, they that they banned or not banned, but they they restricted the use of the uh, Johnson and Johnson vaccine because while they claimed it was false initially, they did find eventually that yeah, it's causing blood clots. These blood clots are killing people. Then they have the AstraZeneca vaccine also, which was banned in many parts of Europe because of the same issue. It's causing blood clots. And then you have other studies, and not in the U.S., but like Israel and so on, finding things like, hey, the Moderna vaccine has the same rate of blood clots as the AstraZeneca vaccine. And the AstraZeneca vaccine has the same issue of blood clots as the Johnson & Johnson one that they banned. And so, you know, they're not putting the numbers together and just telling people, yeah, these things are causing deadly, deadly blood clots inches up to a foot long and then they try to claim well you know the 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 virus itself causes blood clots as well it could just be from the virus Uh, people who people who've actually studied this in scientific documents which i included on my show um you know scientific documents talking about this the the problem is yeah okay the virus also causes them but the ones from the vaccines are thicker and larger by a huge degree and they're much more noticeable um, in addition to that, too, they're, there's, um, they're interviewing people who work you know, in morgues, morticians, and they're saying that like 80% of the cadavers coming through are having these bizarre blood clots because when they, when they put the embalming fluid in the patients, they have to clear the veins, right? And so they have to deal with these blood clots, and they're pulling out, again, like foot-long blood clots. And, and, and they're not normal. I mean, they're, they're, there's pictures online. They're really disturbing looking. Sometimes maintaining the whole structure of like, they look like coral reefs almost, because again, they're maintaining like the whole um, structure of the veins in some cases. Uh, they're, they're horrifying looking. Oh my gosh. And, Okay, Josh Phillip, we're just about out of time. That is very disturbing. But my gosh, the fact that they're now have approved this vaccine for children, uh, I'm saying do not do that right now. Do not do that. What is your final thought? Uh, And this has gone way too quickly, but what's your final thought that you want to leave with our listeners today, uh, Josh? Well, briefly, they don't want you knowing this. YouTube deleted my video talking about this. I mean, it's, it's a good thing we have platforms like your show and, you know, Epic TV, but for my show is otherwise, frankly, put, people wouldn't even be able to hear this stuff. They're trying to cover it up. Oh, YouTube my gosh. My video. Wow. So, you know, thank goodness we have shows like this where we can talk about it, Kim. Okay. Well, we're searching for truth and clarity. Very important. Josh Phillip, thanks so much. Love having you on. We'll talk to you again next month then. Hey, always a pleasure, Kim. Thank you. 
Okay, and our quote is so appropriate from Francis Bacon. He said, truth can never be reached by just listening to the voice of an authority. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story. Out here in Colorado, we had a sex education bill that was passed. It was signed by the governor and put into law. I just can't believe what is happening to uh, public education. The latest in politics and world affairs. We are now using policy that if you don't affirm something, that they use policy then to take away your businesses. Today's current opinions and ideas. Kids are just being bombarded with darkness. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. You know, we need to get back to letting our kids be kids. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Leslie, guess what today is. It's hump day. Indeed, it is hump day, and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well, and thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And my friends, it is never compassionate to take other people's stuff, whether or not it's their rights, their property, their freedom, their livelihood, or their opportunity via force. And that could be with a weapon policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, or the World Economic Forum, Davos, a globalist elite's agenda. And uh, welcome. It's great to have you here. I, I'm still a little, um, uh, the conversation that we had with Josh Phillip in hour one, uh, is very concerning. And um, we are Americans. We've got to fasten our seatbelts here and uh, pull up our bootstraps and get ready for, I think it's going to be some uh, kind of some tough times here, Producer Steve. Yeah, I I'm, I guess I'm somewhat stirred up too, listening to you and Josh. And, uh, and again, what you just said about the uh, elitists, uh, that whole mindset of being an elitist, and making decisions for the rest of the world, I, I guess it comes with the territory to a degree. But what they're what they've got in plan, uh, you know, in store, you know, if their if their agenda is, is followed, and it seems to be more governments around the world are getting more in tune with them, and you just wonder what what does the future hold. Well, um, we are Americans. We are in a difficult situation. And uh, as I like to, I always like to thank all of you for listening and remind you you're treasured and you're valued and you have purpose. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. And we were made for this time. Uh, our quote for today I went to Francis Bacon and um, 
He was uh, an English philosopher, a statesman, served as the Attorney General and Lord Chancellor of England, and his works are seen as contributing to the scientific method and remained influential through the later stages of the scientific revolution. He was born in 1561. He died in 1626. And I love this. He said, our humanity were a poor thing were it not for the divinity that stirs within us. So my friends uh, today, again, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. And know that we were made for this time. And uh, it's uh, it's a very interesting time, but we're here. And uh, we've got to step into this moment in history, Producer Steve. Well, yes, we will. And, and maybe we're feeling what we, you and I are feeling right here and now is what we were feeling as a nation as we saw World War II on the horizon, not knowing how it was going to unfold, but something mm-hmm. was going to happen. And yes, for us, it was December 7th, 1941. And then it became our reality, just like that. But again, knowing something was coming. Yes. And uh, so Janie, who's one of our listeners, she sends a lot of good information. She sent uh, some funnies to me. and uh, But this pretty well nails it. John Kerry... As climate czar, you do realize he's a guy with five houses, 12 cars, two yachts, and a private jet telling you that you should take the bus, don't eat meat, use electric cars, and just find another job if you work in the oil and gas industry. So I think that pretty well sums up the uh, globalist elites. What do you think, Steve? And uh, if the gas prices are bothering you, buy an electric car. Yes, right. And then, uh, but then... um, the price of electricity is going up. But uh, you mentioned, should we talk about uh, Biden and the gas ho- gas tax holiday? So I'm over here on the White House website, okay? And I just thought I'd read these first two paragraphs. You'll find them most interesting. It says, the price of, this is from the White House. This is the whitehouse.gov, uh, okay? The price of gas is up dramatically around the world and by almost $2 per gallon in America since Putin began amassing troops on the border of Ukraine. President Biden understands that high gas prices pose a significant challenge for working families. That's why he has taken action in recent months to boost the supply of oil and gas, including an historic release from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve and encouraging oil companies and refiners to boost capacity and output to get more supply on the market. So I wanted to say a couple of things here. First of all, (laughs) the Strategic Petroleum Reserve is our rainy day reserve, and there's probably not it's not a reserve for a long period of time. But um, instead of saying, let's see, including a historic release, I think draining might be the appropriate word, draining the strategic petroleum reserve. Yes. And then encouraging oil companies and refiners to boost capacity. Josh Phillip mentioned it today. Bob Boswell mentioned it yesterday. We have not built a refinery in decades. So how can they boost their production if we've been closing them down and not building new refineries? And then, of course, uh, encouraging oil companies to get more supply on the market. But yet this is Mr. First Day in the Office, Joe Biden, that shut down the Keystone XL pipeline, which would have uh, brought a million, Did he? I think... I think Bob said a million barrels per day to, I, I, you know what, I'm going to have to go back and listen, but what would bring um, oil and gas would bring uh, energy to America from a friendly country. I heard. Instead, we've. Uh, I heard uh, yesterday, uh, very close to a million. It was 900,000 bar- barrels a day. Okay. Okay. 
Then the next thing here, and again, this is from WhiteHouse.gov. Today, he is calling on Congress and states to take additional legislative action to provide direct relief to American consumers who have been hit with Putin's price hike. Specifically, he is calling on Congress to suspend the federal gas tax for three months through September without taking any money away from the Highway Trust Fund. And he's calling on states to take similar action to provide some direct relief, whether suspending their own gas taxes or helping consumers in other ways. That... Uh, that must have been written by Oscar Mayer, because it's nothing but baloney. <laughs> uh, and now, remember here in Colorado, there is a, this legislature passed a new fee, a gas fee, not a gas tax, a gas fee. But that's not going to go into effect until after election time. And uh, once again, I want to caution you. I cannot believe this. Reason Magazine, which is a libertarian magazine, and the Wall Street Journal are calling um, Polis a libertarian governor. He is anything but that. And there is a a good piece that was written. It's in the Complete Colorado. Uh, Let me get to it. A little little ways here. But anyway, I think it was Jake uh, Vogelman that wrote that. And it really uh, puts the truth on what is happening there. So, uh, yeah, here we go. And maybe I'll talk with Susan uh, Kochevar when we come back about that as well. Uh, and Susan Kochevar will be our featured guest in this uh, second hour. And she's got some glimmers of hope. And I do want to talk with her about that after <laughs> talking with Josh hey. Phillip. And normally he, he has some hope. But he basically says the hope is, is that it's going to get so bad that people that have not been paying attention will be paying attention. And I, I guess, Steve, you've been worried about, they're concerned about that. So there's your answer. Well, you put the pressure on Susan, whether she knows it or not, because I need some hope. <laughs> we do need some hope. A um, couple of things. I wanted to mention, first of all, Kirsch Insurance Group. Uh, they are experts in the Medicare arena. And, of course, Medicare government is involved in Medicare, and so that means that it's complicated. It's great to have Kirsch Insurance Group on your side of the table. Uh, so reach out to them, ikirsch.com. That's I-K-I-R-S-C-H.com, ikirsch.com. And then also the uh, charity, the nonprofit that I have adopted is the USMC Memorial Foundation. Org. They're raising money to uh, remodel the Marine Memorial out at 6th and Colfax. And uh, you can buy a brick to honor um, a, a loved one and their military service, and that will be on one of the walkways. Or you can actually donate. Go to USMCMemorialFoundation.org. That's USMCMemorialFoundation.org. And uh, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Susan Kochevar. She is the owner. And she's an entrepreneur and owner of the 88 Drive-In Theater. And they're in the, you know, they're, they're high season right now. So we'll uh, talk with Susan when we come back. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. 
All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Franktown Firearms owns their name and their word, so they never compromise on their beliefs. They refuse to go back on a promise, and they run their gun range the same way. Franktown Firearms doesn't answer to a corporate office. Their team has fought to keep their range completely independent, so they can go to sleep at night knowing they maintained their integrity. They've been in business on the same property for multiple generations and maintained their values. As a family-operated, family-friendly business, they care about their customers like family. So, while they aren't politically correct, they treat every client with respect and decency. They believe in the power of a handshake because they stay true to their word. They value hard work and respect your hard-earned money that you choose to spend with them, regardless of how many times you return. Don't compromise your beliefs. Honor your independence with Franktown Firearms at klzradio.com slash franktown. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And if something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And on the line with me is one of our great sponsors. That is Susan Kochevar. She's an entrepreneur and owner of the 88 Drive-In Theater. And uh, Susan Kochevar, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kim. Great to have you. And you are in uh, in your season right now, right? This is uh, a good time to be out at the 88 Drive-In Theater. Yes, we are. We have uh, the... Uh, Bad Boys and Jurassic Park playing, Jurassic Dominion playing right now. And boy, we're working hard. It's doing well. Awesome. Are people, I I don't, I I know that you're up late uh, with the drive-in. Did you happen to listen to Josh Phillip at all in hour one or not? No, I, I didn't get to catch that. Okay. Well, it was um, it was a bit uh, concerning. He talked about recession. He also talked about uh, 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 some of the effects of the vaccine. So we're looking for some good news. And I know that you and I have been texting back and forth. And you said there's some glimmers of hope. And so Steve and I want to hear, what what's one of those glimmers of hope, Susan Kochevar? Well, you're right. There's quite a few. Now, I will be sure at 1 o'clock to go and, and listen to that um, hour, because all that stuff's really important. Josh Phillips reminds me of a lot of of Glenn Beck, who um, people used to think was, you know, just on the fringe. <clears throat> and I think that's one of the glimmers of hope. Uh, no longer do people think that Glenn Beck and people like Josh Phillips are nuts uh, when they start talking about what's happening in the World Economic Forum and the things that Klaus Schwab had said, you know, about you'll own nothing and you'll love it. And some of you will survive the pandemic. And um, uh, you'll eat bugs and things like this. Uh, That is no longer being thought of as ridiculous. People see it now for what it is. And that, to me, is the biggest glimmer of hope. I don't think the powers that be that are trying to force uh, Marxism on us quite understood the impact of media. That does shift the, uh, the, the... 
what they're trying to do significantly. Uh, the other really big part of that, the biggest glimmer of hope, I think, also is talk radio. They did not take talk radio's power into account. Yeah, one time they were saying AM radio is dead, and that wasn't all that long ago, probably maybe less than 10 years ago. And it's not dead. It grew and grew and grew, so much so that George Soros is busy trying to buy a huge Spanish radio network uh, because uh, he wants to try to take that over. There's so much power there in that radio, especially in the Hispanic community. The values that Soros and company are trying to push uh, are not their values, and they're not having it. And a lot of those folks came from countries like Venezuela and Cuba, and they know what uh, Soros and company are, tr- are up to in the World Economic Forum. So he's he's really a long way behind the eight ball there, and it's out that he's trying to do that, and I know people are trying to throw up roadblocks. Um, he may not get the, uh, I think it's is it the SEC confirmation, or FEC or FCC, Federal FCC, Communications. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He may not even get the okay to buy those stations. So um, I think that uh, the American people are alive, or not alive, they're obviously alive, but they're awake for one of the first times in, in a very, very long time, I think, everybody is on their feet, which to me is um, you know, another really good sign. We have Ron DeSantis in Florida and the tremendous support that he is receiving and demonstrating how you push back on this uh, kind of takeover. That's very positive. Uh, We still have Trump and his huge following and the people that he is supporting winning elections, which is very important. Trump, I threw a great big monkey wrench in what the World Economic Forum was trying to do, which is why they went after him so hard. And uh, I think it's it, it's important. I think that his uh, his the people that he's uh, endorsing win. There's mm-hmm. something there. I think um, so that that he's still Trump is still getting so much support. I think is another good sign. Uh, well, Texas and, GOP. Go ahead. Yeah, well, and Trump. Do you? Th- people ask me do, do, if I think that Trump is going to run again, and I actually don't think he's going to run again. I think he's running interference. Uh, for the, I mean, I, I could, if I were him, I probably wouldn't want to run again. But he, I think he has a tremendous amount of influence with, um, with the Ameri- American public. But I think he's running interference. What do you think? Do you think he's going to run again? You know, I think that's a toss-up. I hear from uh, some people that are close to him that he's thinking about announcing a run on the 4th of July. You're soon to get out ahead of what this January 6th committee is doing, although they are a pretty huge failure. But um, but that that he's working in conjunction with some of people like Ron DeSantis and some others wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, they don't know where to attack, so it's good. Yes. And I uh, agree with you. Ron DeSantis is it's it's very exciting. I think that he's tough like Trump, but he, um, you know, Trump's personality is kind of that New York developer. And, um, you know, people there's people that don't like his personality. I think that DeSantis is tough as well, but he's not quite as oh, I don't know what the word would be, but um He's not quite Trump. Maybe I should put it that way. His style is a little softer than Trump, but I think he's just as tough. What do you think? 
Trump seems to play in their media sandbox, you know, and and uh, smack their comments back and keep them busy. Where DeSantis kind of rises above it, and he just um, they can't get their fingers on him. He he will not accept any of the nonsense that they spew, and I think that is. And, and he seems to be out ahead of it most of the time. Every time they do something, he's got a counter. He's a smart man. Um, yeah. he, you know, I didn't even realize he was uh, in Congress for a while. And so he's very well versed on their antics. Yes, most definitely. Now, I, I, um, you were going to mention something about Texas. Yes. So other things that uh, give me hope. Texas GOP voted this week to uh, run a resolution to secede, which tells me that there's a good chunk of people that know that what's going on is extremely serious and that these people uh, don't intend to, to stop. So measures are very serious measures are going to have to, uh, steps are going to have to be taken. And I think it's encouraging to me that they uh, are already um, on that edge. It looks to me like we have about 20, 25 to 22 states that are not going to have this uh, shoved down their throats uh, and will stand. So that's also encouraging. I wouldn't be surprised if some more states don't flip because the pressure on the American people is so great and things were so great under Trump. I don't think American people want to give up their lives so easily. And I think that they are being misjudged. So that that gives me hope. Uh, Michelle Obama was in Florida, not Florida, she was in Hollywood last week and could not draw a crowd. That's another really good sign. If you can't draw a a crowd in your, uh, what should be your territory, you're in big trouble. People are just not having it. Uh, Let's see, there's a few other, uh, John Cornyn, also of Texas, he was recently booed to his shock in Texas at the GOP um, convention there, you know, over the red flag laws. He can't believe that his constituents are mad over this. <laughs> it's, it's stunning to me that they are that out of touch. Well, and uh, what you're referring to, yeah, is we had uh, 10 senators, 10 Republican senators, and then Mitch McConnell uh, talking about going getting to a bipartisan uh, agreement on gun control, basically. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I was very shocked a senator from Texas would be uh, a part of that. And so, yes, I saw that he was booed as well and that he was a bit surprised on that. Yeah, I, I don't understand how they can be surprised. There's no, there's no excuse for not understanding the slippery slope argument. Um, clearly, clearly, the slippery slope argument is valid. Look where we are. So that uh, he's shocked is rather curious um, coming back to Texas. On, so on that, another- I, I had mentioned that uh, Janie, one of our listeners, had sent over some funnies. I was just going through them in between the shows. And just think about this. She, it, it says, now Mark and Black Force is going to say, I can't use the word liberals, but liberals will use it because that's what it said here. It, it, it would be collectivists or uh, elitists. We'll put it that way. Elitists want background checks. Yeah, we'll use that. Elitists want background checks on every American gun o- owner. Elitists do not want background checks on illegals crossing the border illegally. Think about that. I think that is important. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. I agree. Yeah. 
and uh, yep. more and more of those um, dichotomies are being pointed out every single day on talk radio, in written media, on podcasts. There's been an explosion of that, and it's all headed in the same direction. I don't think I've ever in my entire life heard so much media going in one direction. You know, I well, listen to uh, everything, and it's it's shocking to me and, and wonderfully surprising how it's all going in that direction. Okay, with that, Susan Kochevar, we're going to go to break. When we come back, because you interact with the public on a regular basis, and I want to find out if you are hearing people as they're coming in to 88 Drive-In Theater, if you're hearing a change uh, with them. And so uh, we're going to go to break. On the line with me is Susan Kochevar. She's an entrepreneur, owner of the 88 Drive-In Theater, the historic 88 Drive-In Theater. And uh, when we come back, well, I'll ask her, what is she hearing? She's got her her uh, finger on the pulse of the American uh, Colorado public. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Medical freedom and personal choice are both sacred to comprehensive patient-first health care. At Roots Medical, our providers honor those rights diligently in every appointment. Located in Denver Tech Center, Roots Medical is a functional primary care clinic with specialties in hormones, thyroid, gut health, detox, and COVID recovery. Establishing care with us is just a text message away, 303-569-6794. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. Roots Medical is a proud member of Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And if something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. It should be able to uh, stand on the merits of the idea. Uh, on the line with me is Susan Kochevar. She's an entrepreneur. She's the owner of the 88 Drive-In Theater, the historic 88 Drive-In Theater. And Susan Kochevar, uh, what is showing right now at uh, 88 Drive-In Theater? Uh, we have the bad guys and Jurassic Dominion, So you only for one more week, so you don't want to... Uh, Miss that. We also have our new T-shirts out, and we're doing limited releases of uh, drive-in speakers. Some are from the 88 drive-in, and some are from other places around the, the other drive-ins that were in the metro area. With quite a collection of those, so we're we're doing some limited releases as we can dig them out of those. So um, you know, keep your eye on on Facebook for that. Okay, so now, so are you selling the old speakers? Is that what you're doing, or is this on the T-shirts, or what is it exactly? 
Yep, we're, we're selling the uh, old drive-in speakers uh, from around the metro area, the ones we've collected for years. You know, uh, they, the old ones used to get a lot of damage or accidentally get ripped off of the uh, speakers, and once in a while, someone would take one. So we went to radio sound when that came out. Plus, you, you know, your car stereo sound is much better than those old speakers. So we've, uh, we're have we making room for um, some more things, so we're selling some of those off. So if you watch Facebook, we'll post when we have some more uh, ready to sell. So if, you, if you're looking for some memorabilia, keep your eye on that. Okay. And you're interacting with the public on a consistent basis. Of course, you have a lot of young folks that work for you. And are you finding hope in that as you're talking with people as they're coming into the snack bar? Yeah, a tremendous amount of hope. Uh, you know, it used to be everybody don't talk about religion and politics, which we now know is definitely uh, not the right uh, thing to do. To talk, keep talking to everyone you know, and uh, th- that's that's changing things. So recently, I was uh, on the register, and a lady came up and asked about a soda, and I said, "Well, we, you know, we carry uh, Coke products." And she was not happy about that because, you know, Coke had gone woke. <laughs> woke right. Cola, they call it now. Um, they have since fired the executive that was responsible for some of that, uh, putting in some of those policies uh, that caused people to call them Woca-Cola. So, you know, there's some, some positive things there. And they Coke took itself took a significant hit uh, financially when they uh, came out with those policies. But that is... Um, one of the first times I've ever, in fact, I think it's pretty ever the, it's the first time ever that somebody has come up and said something about a company policy like that. Uh, so I, I think that's very encouraging. Uh, also, we see that the Buzz Lightyear picture, Disney's Buzz Lightyear picture, just bombed at the box office. And it's, it's bombing, and a lot of companies worldwide won't take it because of their the agenda the movie presents. There's a kiss at the end, uh, a gay couple kiss, and uh, some other things. People just are tired of having that stuff shoved down their throats in entertainment. Can we just please watch a good story, a good movie? Uh, so I think that um, that's that's also on my list of glimmers of hope. People are starting to uh, vote with their feet. So. Uh, also, the last couple of months, I have been in the grocery store. In one instance, the young fellow who was probably about 25 or 30 behind the counter said to me uh, if I was aware of all the um, damage being done to food processing plants. And I said I was, and we talked a little about that. So um, somebody else initiating a political conversation is unusual because usually it's me you know, saying things that <laughs> people get them to think. But uh, so that, that was very encouraging. Plus, he was young. And um, so the information about what's going on is being disseminated uh, out to everybody. And that is extremely encouraging to me. People stop calling all that stuff conspiracy theories because it's not. So um, those are a couple of things I think are, are also really good. Uh, one other thing I had on my glimmers of hope list. I see that legislation has been introduced by Chip Roy, who is out of Texas, to defund John Kerry and his group. And that's the first time I've ever seen that. And it's about time. You'll recall when 
Trump was in office, John Kerry was pretty much acting as if he was part of our government, going around to foreign countries and uh, pushing all of this ESG and uh, global agenda stuff. So I think it's about time that he was defunded. That, that's also a pretty good sign. Okay, I want to ask you about uh, ESG. Uh, because um, it's environment, uh, oh gosh, I should know that now, environment, uh, s- uh, social, social and, and governance, right? And, yeah. and, yep. and so there's this movement to rate companies on how they perform. Of course, this would be regarding the, um, the elite's agenda, uh, green energy and that whole thing, and it would rate companies uh, and this rating could affect um, how they borrow money, uh, could affect just a whole variety of things. So first of all, what do you think about this ESG rating? Uh, it's, it's designed to crush and force crush businesses and force people to do business the way the elites want. Essentially, they want to collapse all of it um, so that we're all broke and own nothing. They want us to they want to force us to, uh, have to sell off our property. That's their goal. When they say you'll own nothing, that's how they plan to accomplish it. They plan to force you to have to sell your home and some other things because uh, you can't afford uh, to do business anymore or you can't afford, you know, food and taxes. And heat yeah. and stuff. This, this agenda is, is sickening. Uh, but it's, there's actually another piece to this ESG that is very important. So there is something that the Europeans have started, which is a um, worldwide accounting system. And with this accounting system, they're going to attach it to ESG. And you will have to, uh, each company will have to account for the carbon footprint for every single business that they deal with. And if you, uh, you know, don't meet their ESG standards, um, you will have to, you know, pay a tax, or they just won't be able to do business with you. Period. This will destroy small businesses, medium-sized businesses. Apparently, this accounting system was attempted during Obama's uh, presidency, and it was pushed back then. And it can be pushed back again, but people have to stay awake and start hollering at your uh, congressional representatives to stop this. Uh, we don't need to attach ourselves to anything any of these other countries are doing. They're farther down the road than we are. And um, keep an eye out for that because we can defeat it. And I think once that's defeated again, it will go a long way to pushing back this global agenda. Um, I, I'm not, I don't think they are going to be successful in what they're trying to do to us because we are awake. But we've got to keep up the pressure. Okay, so I need to connect a dot, and it's always, um, I, I don't like to connect these dots, unfortunately, but it needs to be connected. And that is this whole ESG, what's happening is businesses, there are businesses that are um, getting into the business of ESG, where they are going to um, counsel different businesses on their ESG rating. And uh, I think instead of getting into that business to do that, we need to be fighting back. Do we agree on that? Instead of being part of it, we need to be pushing back and fighting that. I think you and I probably agree on that. Yes, Susan. Yeah. No, no is the answer there. We are not going to to use these international accounting 
standards, we are not going to use these ESG scores. That absolutely has to be stopped. You know, one of the things that I think people need to remember, our country was founded on individualism and not collectivism, not joining. And all of these other things are all part of collectivism. And when you're part of a collective, the collective does not care about the individuals. And that's why so many people get murdered every time Marxism, socialism, communism rolls through, every single time. And that's what will happen if we don't stay awake and keep pushing back. Um, So we don't want to join any of this stuff. We want our little businesses to uh, all be individual and to... um, to run their businesses as they see fit. Okay, so the dot that I'm going to connect then, uh, Susan Kochevar, is right here in Colorado. Uh, there is a Republican operative um, group that, uh, in fact, they are running the campaigns for Joe O'Day and for Pam Anderson. Uh, but they have started, and it was a big Facebook fanfare, that they have started a department regarding helping uh, companies with ESG. And uh, ESG is just a code name for, for Marxism. And, and as you mentioned, it does not value the individual. It goes to the collective and, and bad things happen to the individual when we do that. And so it is important for people to understand that this company, uh, instead of standing against that, they're getting in the business of ESG and, um, because they think that there's money there, but they are also running the campaigns for Joe O'Day and for Pam Anderson, and then I'd gone through the um, uh, Tracer reports. Um, the owners of that company have, um, and, and there's a lot of fine people that have contributed to he- Heidi Ganahl, uh, but um, these operatives also are, are on her uh, donation uh, or contribution page. And so that is just another reason why I am endorsing Greg, Greg Lopez for uh, Colorado governor, Ron Hanks for U.S. Senate, and Tina Peters for a secretary of state because they are the grassroots candidates. And we have gotten here in Colorado uh, where we are is because Republican operatives have reached so far across the aisle. They're standing on the other side of the aisle. And this ESG issue is uh, just an example of that, Susan. Well, I think that the delineation between establishment or rhinos, um, or I just call them infiltrators, uh, has never been more clear in uh, Colorado politics with these, uh, certainly with the um, Tina Peters and uh, Pam Anderson and what's going on with the elections here in Colorado. That's one of the other glimmers of hope is people now are out saying um, this election was stolen. So um, here in Colorado, definitely Pam Anderson, Tina Peters, Ron Hanks, uh, these are the people okay, that now, uh, I also endorse. Okay, so uh, just delineate. Uh, you mentioned Pam Anderson and Tina Peters. Which one are you endorsing or making Tina a case Peters, for? I'm sorry, yeah. Okay, okay. Tina Peters. Yeah, okay. absolutely. She, she. You know, I, I can't believe that there are people who would believe the line that the uh, operatives are out with about Tina Peters, um, you know, doing something bad. Why in the world would you not copy uh, whatever is on your hard drive before you do any kind of rebuild or any kind of work on it? That, to me, is uh, the, the, the correct steps to take. You want to make sure, you, first of all, you still have the data 
uh, you want to make sure stuff doesn't get corrupted, especially in voting. It's always good to have a backup. I cannot believe the nonsense the other side is out with regarding uh, Tina Peters. I think, I, in fact, I think every single county clerk should have been doing that anyway. Recording, Absolutely. You know, a backup of those hard drives. Absolutely. Just, Most definitely. Really? It is. It's remarkable. Oh, yeah. So. Hey, Susan Kochivar, now we take Collins, our last uh, segment of the show. Do you want to stay on on the line in case people have a question for you? Or do you need to run? Sure. Okay. Nope, that I'm sounds good. great. Okay. We're talking with Susan Kochivar. She's an entrepreneur. She is the owner of the historic 88 Drive-In Theater. Great place to to go and chill out just a little bit with all the craziness that's going on, particularly in Colorado in this political season. Uh, but give us a call, 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600, and we'll be right back with Susan Kochevar. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice searching for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And on the line with me is one of our great sponsors. That's Susan Kochevar with the historic 88 Drive-In Theater. And we've got Mark and Black Forest. Mark and Black Forest, welcome to the show. Good morning. I'm um, thinking about the word transition. I've heard um, your guests and, of course, government talking about transitioning to green energy. And um, as of today, I'm declaring the so-called transition to green energy as a failure. Um, (laughs) And the reason I say that is um, I've got experience in transitioning large military computer systems. And when you do that, it's it's a huge job. and the number one goal uh, that you have in a transition is not having any any regressions. In other words, you want a smooth handoff to the new system without any um, backtrack in capability. So um, as we've seen, we've had you know big repercussions um, that didn't do this transition correctly, um, and uh, we're all suffering from the high prices. And actually, you know. Uh, brownouts, blackouts. Um, so from that standpoint, I think this 
the so-called transition is uh, is a complete failure. I I I like that Mark and Black Forest. You're absolutely right. A transition would be if it's successful, it would uh, basically be seamless. That ideally, and this is uh, a disaster. Although. I don't think they're in, that incompetent. I, I think this has actually been their goal, Mark and Black Forest. Right. They're not going to give up. They'll keep trying. Yes, that's yeah. for sure. Okay, Susan, what's your thought? Oh, go ahead, my, uh, Mark. Well, did you have something saying, else? But, you know, it, it's, it's just so sad that the people are suffering. People are in suffering in, uh, in Europe, too. Yes, and it's because of bad public policy. So Mark and Black Forest, thank you so much. Uh, give us a call, 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. Uh, I think he's onto something there, Susan Kochevar. This transition is a failure. People- oh, absolutely. I think Trump made the uh, elitists move faster than they uh, wanted to. Also, you know, they're, they're fairly arrogant, and so they... Uh, which is, uh, I think, one of their biggest downfalls in trying to force a technology that's not ready. And then they they also don't care about the rest of us. They don't care. Yeah, you see them, their energy gallop, they're laughing. Oh, we're not going back to gas. Um, we're not producing any more gas. They don't care about the rest of us. And one interesting point about uh, what Mark had to say in, in uh, the transition failure Putin has been uh, cutting the gas off in Europe. I think they're down to about half of what they uh, normally provide to Europe. And you see Germany and some other countries firing up their nuclear power plants and starting to build some coal plants. So I think uh, there is there is no bigger indicator that people are not going to go along with this than even in Europe, I think, with this. They, they can't. And so um, that will have to happen in the United States as well. But um, there's, it's just like a big sign. See, this doesn't work. They're building coal plants and nuclear power plants. <laughs> well, and here over here in Colorado, we're shutting them down. We're shutting down coal fire plants. And uh, Polis and his policies have made it very difficult for our oil and gas producers here in Colorado. Uh, there's a significant amount of regulations on our oil and gas producers here in Colorado, yet they continue to be creative and continue to be in, innovative. And so then what happens is government becomes even more onerous as well. Uh, these elections are so important. We realize that. And when we talked with Josh Phillip in the first hour, uh, I've seen the same graph that he mentioned, and that was on election night. Of course, Biden had said and 2000 mules, uh, I think it's one of the first clips. Biden has said that uh, they had one of the most elaborate election fraud systems um, ever created. And the American people showed up and they showed up in such numbers that they had to do something on election night. And that's where you saw the brown paper over the windows and they shut down voting and uh, what was it in uh, Atlanta they um, uh, said that there was a flood there at the arena well I guess maybe a toilet overflowed but then you see the spike that comes in for a bunch of Biden votes and then as Josh Phillips said then it went back to the normal counting and so these elections are so important and Tina Peters I I think really think the reason she is under such attack is because she knows where the bodies are buried and uh, I was drawing some some connecting some dots for all of you regarding these candidates. And it has been these Republican elite operatives that have um, have not won elections here in Colorado, but yet they made a lot of money running elections here in Colorado. But they've reached they've they've 
lost the principles of of this idea of America, and they've reached so far across the aisle, Susan Kochevar, that they're standing on the other side of the aisle. And another proof on this is um, there is a hit website that uh, is against Tina Peters, and it's called, I think it's Clean Elections Colorado. And the registered agent on that is Katie Kennedy, who over the years I've seen her as the registered agent for a whole bunch of Republican things. And so bear in mind, Tina Peters is taking heat not only from Democrats, but also from elitist Republican operatives here in Colorado. Your thoughts on that, Susan Kochevar? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely um, support Tina Peters. Support anybody that they say, oh, that person's not electable. That's one of the other code words they seem to use. Um, that person's not electable. <laughs> so electable, with that... And I think that- yeah. And what we're recommending, uh, and there's great grassroots candidates stepping forward in many, many of these offices. And of course, now um, you're seeing uh, Republicans, just because they have an R behind their name does not mean that they are adhering to these principles. But when when we get these people into office, then we cannot not not pay attention we need to pay attention we need to support them when they make good decisions we need to challenge them uh, when they're making decisions that is not limiting government and so we have to be an engaged population and we are seeing when we're not engaged when we're not paying attention this is what we we get where we are where we are right now uh, Susan Kochevar here in Colorado and here in America it's absolutely true and I would encourage everyone to please keep talking talk to everyone you know just ask questions so that uh we can get uh politics back into the normal uh conversation and uh start to change uh, hearts and minds the other thing is uh support talk radio and podcasts and stuff like that the work that uh you're doing on klz is so important uh people can drive along and just follow along and listen and then um, reach out to their um, representatives when necessary. And, and I like one of the things you always like to remind people of. These are our representatives. They are not elites. They were not anointed something special. They, not, they don't automatically get 10 IQ points just because they're elected. These people are representatives, and a lot of them are not representing. And so that's why these elections are so important. We're recommending for the grassroots, hold your ballots and uh, turn them in either the day before or the day of uh, the election. I need to find out if you can still vote in person, but uh, I will um, I'll probably just drop my ballot off on election day. You can track your ballot right now, and that would be make sure that somebody hasn't voted for you already uh, because that has occurred as well. And so be tracking your ballots um uh, submit your ballot either the day before or the day of because now on both sides of the aisle uh, they actually they they have an idea of uh, when you vote who you vote for which way you're going to vote and then that is then when you might see some of these mysterious ballots that may be at apartment buildings or uh, dorms, uh, college dorms or uh, nursing homes. That's where you may see some of these phantom ballots out there. May They may get voted. So that's why uh, we're recommending to, to, to try to limit that by not uh, telegraphing uh, that you've already voted and them guessing who you might vote for. So that, that is a strategy, Susan Kochevar. 
Uh, 100%. That's uh, thanks to people like uh, Mike Lindell and Ron Hanks and some of the others, uh, 2,000 Mules, uh, so many other things. I think it's apparent what the left has been up to in stealing our elections. And I think they've been practicing it for a long time, especially here in Colorado, I think, under Polis's uh, hand. And I think he's smarter and a little slower than some of the others. Maybe he doesn't get so far ahead, so it was harder to detect. But I suspect there are a lot of people, myself included, who won races uh, in the last 10 years. Um, but they they were so subtle that people... You ended help. up being defeated, yeah. And uh, so yeah, that's why this whole... Yes, and that's why this. Uh, we've, I think, we've had a, a manipulation of our elections for quite some time, and again, that's why these elections are so important. Talk to your your friends, your family, and your colleagues about these uh, three important candidates and the other grassroots candidates that are running as well. So, Susan Kochevar, I know that you are busy at the eighty eight Drive In Theater. How can people find out uh, more about the eighty eight Drive In Theater and what is showing? Uh, go to our Facebook page, or you can go to our website at 88drivein.net. That's 88drivein.net. And, uh, again, it's just a, a great way to maybe chill out for just a little bit at the great historic 88 Drive-In Theater. So, as always, Susan Kochevar, thank you for joining us. Thank you. And again, my friends, uh, hold your ballots. They are due next Tuesday, though. We are in the home stretch of this very important primary election. And, uh, and of course, we have this whole wild thing here in Colorado where unaffiliated can vote in uh, either the Democrat primary or the Republican primary. The Democrat uh, primary is super boring, and the Republican primary is uh, it's like the Wild West. Uh, so be sure and uh, vote. And again, I'm endorsing Greg Lopez for Governor, Ron Hanks for U.S. Senate, and Tina Peters for Secretary of State, and then the other grass, great grassroots candidates uh, up and down the, uh, the ballot. Our quote for the end of the day is from Francis Bacon. He said this, Truth can never be reached by just listening to the voice of an authority. Wow. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. Tell them.